Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, 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 and welcome to another scap... No, welcome to another member's... No, welcome to Deadline Dilemmas. Uh, as unusually, you're joined by me, Andy, FPL Mo, but to give you a familiar face to lead us through this evening, we are also joined by Praz. How's it going, my man? It's going very well, and thank you to you and Seb for... It's called a reverse triangular merger for people who are Ooh. who work in finance. It's basically, oh. I was supposed to do this stream with with Flapjack. You guys were supposed to do the, the, the member stream. And then we said, you know, I will join you. But actually, it's the reverse, where I acquire you guys instead. So anyway, uh, thanks for joining and thanks for hosting. Exactly. I feel like you got divorced and you're having to just fight over who's going to keep the kids. And unfortunately, you kept the kids, didn't you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm happy to do so. It's a Friday after all. Good man, good man. And Seb, obviously, we were fresh from our stream on Monday. I get you again today. How's it going? Good, thanks. My takeaway from that is I get more Christmas presents now. Yeah, yes, prizes. Do, do I live with two bedrooms? I live with. Oh, that's nice. Cool. Exactly. It's and supposed to be child friendly, so I won't give away that. Yeah, Santa obviously exists. <laughs> exactly. Um, what? But uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, what? thank you so much for uh, people that join us in the chat. We got over a hundred people in here already, and we do have a super chat too. I'll get to that one in a minute. Um, but tonight we're going to be looking at our teams very, very quickly, uh, and then we're going to try and answer as many dilemmas as possible that we've had uh, from our tweet that we sent out. So lots of people have commented with lots of dilemmas that they're having this week. Uh, Praz has sifted through those and tried to get as many of the similar dilemmas as possible, so we can try and answer as generally for po as possible for you as well. And then obviously we've got the chat as well, so we'll be trying to answer as many of those too. We're basically here to try and answer as many of your dilemmas as possible. Now, before we look at our teams, FPL Borat is in the chat. He's chucked a fiver in for us. Bless you, mate. That's lovely for you on a Friday night. Uh, that pays for Seb's non-alcoholic beer. Uh, he says, wow, wow, wee, wah. Uh, my name are Borat. Uh, help, do I do a doggy to Simicast for a minus four uh, or do I just start a doggy? Um, what do you think, Praz? Does he do a doggy to Simicast for a hit? Uh, or he says, or bench Archer. So it feels like he could play Archer instead. Yeah. I mean, so if, if I understand the question correctly, you could just play Archer and, and save the hit. Mm -hmm. But if it's somehow a situation where you don't have a defender and you're relying on Odogi to start and we have no idea if he does, and if you wanted Simikas longer term, then I think you could do it, even though I would get very uncomfortable suggesting hits to people. Yeah. What do you think, Seb? Normally I'd say no, but yeah, you're basically... Assuming a doggy isn't playing and Archer is a replacement who might not even start himself, potentially. Simicast is a player you might want next week. So while normally I would say no, this feels like if you, if you are going to take it here, it feels like one of the better reasons to do so. Yeah, no, I agree. I th and taking hits for players that you're going to want, uh, you know, for the next couple of weeks is, is not too bad. But taking hits for defenders is always tough, isn't it? Um, right. Lots of people saying I'm a busy man. I am a busy man tonight. And I had to jump on here because I obviously have to be here with uh, with my Praz and my Seb. But we're missing Rich. Rich isn't very well. Hopefully he'll be back on next week. It seems like he's uh, picked up a bit of a bug, unfortunately. Right. Um, before I move on to looking at our teams, 
Uh, make sure you sign up for a Fantasy Football Scout. You save up to 20% at the moment, so make sure you sign up to it. Everything we're talking about here, we obviously gain a lot of our information from the Scout website. It is fantastic, so make sure you sign up if you can. You get members' videos as well. Not this week, but next week you definitely will. Um, this one's so, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's have a look at my team then. Uh, so my team is not very exciting. Um, I am rolling this week, and my biggest dilemma is whether I play Taylor or Mitchell because I didn't realise Mitchell was actually uh, was actually fit to play, so that sounds quite good. So I've got Ariola in goal, Simakas, Taylor or Mitchell, Cash, Bowen, Saka, Gordon, Son, Salah, Watkins and Harlan captain. Captain season no-brainer for me. I've, got, I've obviously got Harlan there. Um, and it's whether I play Taylor or Mitchell. Mitchell was in my team to be playing this week, but obviously Taylor... At home, Palace can't score for Toffee at the moment. It's whether I play either or. Um, Seb and Praz, that is my dilemma this week. Taylor or Mitchell, either of you have a preference? Mitchell. Mitchell. Agreed. But Taylor, Taylor's in goal-scoring form. <laughs> well, he'll score again in eight years. So, yeah, you can bring him in <laughs> exactly. eight years after. Yeah, no, I've got Mitchell in at the moment. I think that's the way I'm going to be going for it. Um, uh, oh, what's this? Uh, oh, we got another super chat. Uh, waka Waka AA, morning from New Zealand. Uh, question, would you gamble keeping Luis Diaz for this week? Options I have are Bowen or Mbumo. So, Praz, would a you, few questions would you, on this. Yeah, would you lose Luis Diaz this week? I think sadly you have to. I, I mean, even though he has trained, I think what you're taking is a gamble that he starts or not. His, his head is not right. It's not a nice situation. And... You know, if it was a fourth defender or a third striker, you could say just, you know, keep him and then keep, start him. He's a midfielder and that's prime real estate, right? I mean, you can go for an Mbumo this week. You can go for other upside picks, even a Jota or a Foden if you wanted a, a more short-term pick, Mbumo being the longer-term pick. So there's so much out there that I would just say, do it, just get rid. Yeah. Seb, you agree? Yeah, uh, indeed. I don't think we have any indication that Luis Diaz is going to start which is what you'd need out of this unfortunately um and as Pras says you have other good options there. i'm not sure if that's a so a bench for burn on or uh, or Mbumo or a transfer but a transfer might well make sense too although you might be looking more to the future for that one rather than just obviously a bowen or Mbumo. Mbumo is good as well in a few weeks yeah do agree uh, right, let's move on to Praz's team because that's uh, even more boring than my team, I think. In, well, not, hopefully, not in, I want In terms started. of decisions, by the way, not in terms <laughs> of the actual team. Uh, talk us through what you're thinking this week, mate. So, my, I mean, my only decision, let me read it out first. So, I've got Ariola, Simicas, Cash, and Gehi. And so, I am starting the Crystal Palace guy over even an Arsenal guy. And I want to talk to you guys about that because there were some questions around it, but we'll come to defense in a second. Uh, midfield is fairly straightforward. I think Saka, San, Salah, Mitoma, Palmer. Again, we'll talk about him. And then Haaland, Captain and Watkins. So my dilemmas were essentially Gehi versus Taylor versus Gabriel. And I think you know this was the idea of getting Gehi, that he rotates really well. When Gabriel has a tough fixture, then in two weeks when Simikas has a, good, uh, has a tough fixture against City, again, Gehi has a good one. When Cash plays Man City later as well, then Gehi has a good fixture. So the idea is to rotate. It doesn't always work out, but I think I'll grab a little bit of a higher expected clean sheet odds with Gehi versus a Gabriel versus Taylor. So firstly, what do you guys think about that, Andy? What do you think? Is that... Yeah, that, that's the way around I do it. I mean, obviously I was saying about Mitchell before, but I, I expect Newcastle to score. I fully expect them to score in that game. They're, they're highest for XG in the season, I think, so far, aren't they? So I fully expect them to score. 
Um, and I think Gabriel's a fine one because you you can keep Gabriel for the next couple of weeks as well, can't you? Like this wasn't the week you were going to play him, so I think Correct. that's absolutely fine to me. Yeah. So this isn't got to do with minutes for Gabriel. I think he'll start. It's mm. just simply got to do with the fixture. And uh, I, I think I'll swap Gabriel and Taylor for sub uh, second sub, but. Essentially, it's about gay he starts. So, Seb, question to you then, and this is not just for my team. Others are also debating this. So, Palmer, obviously, a good option. Uh, you know, a lot of predicted lineups have him actually playing false nine, similar to how he was playing against Arsenal. Even regardless, I think decent option on pens. Tough fish fixture. But then I'm comparing it to him to Inketia, who is also not in every single predicted lineup, also not on pens. And so I'm actually thinking Palmer is slightly better even though on models he's almost dot the same these two i guess interesting one so on the models it's the same that often just says your own preference mm. which often means minutes so i'd actually be tempted so if Anketia hadn't scored the hat trick i know that maybe sounds silly to say i don't think he would play this game i think this is a game where like a havertz or a trossard tactically plays in the nine because i think that sets arsenal better up but he's just scored that hat-trick. He's obviously not bad at all. You know, his press is good. I think he gets rewarded with the start. So you could probably push his minutes comfortably above 60, which gets him, I'd imagine, a lot closer to Palmer. So Palmer on penalties, which is always nice, and Ketia probably isn't. We know there's that small chance with Arsenal that he is, but he probably isn't realistically. Palmer is and has good minutes as well. The false nine thing, I'd almost disregard and i think we've discussed this in the past actually where like that allure of playing nine like you know like a rashford yeah great for you know interesting conversation about tact uh, tactical football but when it comes to fpl actually partner at false nine you know clues in the name right just because he's lining up at nine doesn't necessarily mean he'll get more chances he may even get less because he's playing a different role you know maybe he's coming away from the play as opposed to going towards it so i wouldn't want to put too much stock in that However, you know, he's playing well anyway, whether it's off the right, whether it's sort of in behind, whether it is indeed at the false nine. So I think it's close. If the minutes you think are in Ketia's favour, I'd be tempted just to push that way. But it's a coin flip, right? You know, minutes versus penalties for me. So which one do you put more stock in? So in Ketia is actually on 73 minutes for okay. expected 3.4, which it feels high to me. And if I look at Palmer, he's on 72. One minutes, which feels low to me. That does feel low. Yeah, I'd be tempted to. I'd be hey, tempted Palmer. to push Palmer then, based on. You know, obviously, what we're doing here is we're taking, you know, we're taking the information our model gives us, and then judging whether we think that's a good assessment or whether we can add a little bit of our own spice and you know see if we can see if we can beat the model right. Exactly. And yeah, I would argue that if you asked me to move those those dials, I would move and get you down, if only just to reflect the fact that I think he starts. But I think if it weren't for the hat trick. You know, tactically, another player makes sense. So there's a bigger chance he gets benched than Palmer, who I think definitely starts. So then you're just thinking about the sub off. Realistically, both of them probably get subbed off, you know, well before the 90. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Inketia actually did start midweek as well. So, you know, the whole reward thing, uh, he did start and then came off. It wasn't amazing. Obviously, Arsenal disappointed against West Ham. I know it's not a, not the same competition, but I just... This was always the plan. I see in the comments as well, everyone is saying I should start in Ketia. I don't feel it. And this is the reverse of last week and I was being told in Ketia won't yeah. start and I did it anyway. <laughs> so I don't feel it. So I think I'm going to go Palmer. But I guess another question for both of you. There's teams, and, and I see in the dilemmas, there's people who have, uh, instead of in Ketia, who have João Pedro. A different problem where actually his fixture, which is Everton away, is a much better one than in Ketia. 
what would you do, Andy? Would you start Pedro or would you start Palmer? I think I've said it on Scoutcast before. If I own Pedro, I'd be pl- I'd be starting him every week, uh, pretty much, unless, unless obviously the fixture is horrendous. But I think I'd be starting him every week because if if you've got him, it's not like he's he's mega cheap. Like if you've got him, you've got him because you know that. Brighton are one of the best teams for XG in the league and he's on penalties when he's playing and he's actually had quite good minutes recently in all the games. So I, I, I would be starting him if I had him personally. I'd be starting him over in Ketcher. I Well, over Palmer, you mean? Over Palmer or in Ketcher, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, I sort of agree, but, you know, it's, you just don't know with, with Deserby. I mean, I guess yeah. you you they, they haven't played the midweek, so... It's close as well. I mean, it's not very different again in the in the expected values. So people have a tougher decision. I think I think I have an easier decision benching in Ketia, but we'll see how it works out. Yeah, yeah the midweek's a tough one with Pedro because we've been able to garner a little bit from Dejebi's midweeks, right? Whether a player is benched and therefore is fit for the weekend or trying to see into his rotation patterns. Without that midweek, with a full week's rest, it's hard to know whether he's going to go, cool, team is rested, I'll play it. Or, well, I haven't given, you know, Fatty the start, so I'll give Fatty yeah. the start. Ferguson obviously started last time. Pedro can play the 10 or the 9, which yeah. does, bizarrely, you'd think that gives him more of a chance of starting. But actually, I, I wonder if it almost complicates it more, because we don't know in that rotation pattern whether Dejebi is considering him, you know, rotating with Ferguson or vote rotating with Fatty and Lalana in the 10. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a nightmare trying to, trying to predict him all season. But obviously, Praz, you've got Matoma in there, who seems like the safer bet out of all of them, doesn't he? Matoma should be okay. Now, the thing is, Lamptey's back. And in the in the previous game, that he tried this... I don't even want to call them wingbacks, but they were basically playing three at the back. And then they had a box of four. And then Matoma and Adingra were playing on the wings like they do. But on paper, when you look at the formation, especially out of possession... It was almost like they were wingbacks, but I don't think from an attacking perspective it worried me at all. So happy to own Mitoma and and the minutes that he can give me over the next three, four until he switches to Mbomo in, I think, game week 14. That's the plan. Yeah, nice. Right, let's move on to Seb's team. So Seb, um, you've got a little bit more of a dilemma this week, haven't you? Excuse me while I grab the unmute button. Yes, indeed. So <laughs> I have two free transfers. So I do actually need to use at least one of them um, and of course this is a Haarlandless team and I would like Haaland for game week 16 please so anything I do does have that in the back of my mind I have plenty of money to make that happen by plenty of money I mean you know the plan transfers can work but I can't I can't just do walking straight to Haaland or anything crazy like that the team as I stand this week is Johnston in goal which means Raya is benched I think that's probably the right right way around uh, Trippier starts for me with Dallo and Cash at the back and then I have Mbumo I'm playing him this time so he'll get sent <laughs> off uh, Salah is my captain because obviously I have no Haaland and while in isolation no Haaland this week is quite a scary prospect Haaland captain uh, sorry Sa- <laughs> Freudian slip beautiful uh, Sa- Salah captain against Luton is also glorious so you know captaincy I'm not too concerned about that it's more the people who work out in game week 10 are obviously gonna probably going to have both of them and that's a that's a lovely position to be in but hey i've got some points in the bank so i'll take them uh, the rest of my midfield then is son and madison both chelsea at home mm, not great uh saka newcastle away that was my transfer last week in for fernandez and then i have darwin who i do think is quite a nice little difference mm-hmm. up front with watkins uh, and then the bench is aforementioned raya archer pedro porro and dan Byrne. so i think the 11 picks itself fairly easily the question is whether I use this transfer. Now, I think defence is probably the obvious place. because You might say lose one of those Spurs midfielders, but my plan, very loosely, would be to do Watkins to Haaland, Trippier, say, down to Simicass, and Son to Cole Palmer, 
over the course of a few weeks so that by game the time game week 16 comes around i have harland in my team i'd obviously have a couple of spare transfers with that but it would also leave me with it was 0.8 last week i think it would be 0.7 now with simakas's price change so i've still got a bit of a buffer of course but anything i do i wouldn't want to disturb that transfer plan or at least a similar one so for example i'd love to do pedro poro to simakas but if i do that i can no longer afford to get harland via the plan i mentioned there can I can I just before you get to this week's plan yeah. can I just question the way you're getting Haaland because sure. the way you're getting Haaland is selling Sun and Watkins yep. if you look at blank game week 18 unless you're free hitting Sun and Watkins are the two guys that are will be the highest expected basically the best expected performance because Watkins plays Sheffield United at home and Sun plays who is it Luton or uh, no not Luton he also has a very easy fixture um I can tell you in a second once. So Sun plays uh, Everton at home. Everton at home. Yes. So <laughs> these two will be the most captained in game week 18 because there is no Haaland and Salah plays Arsenal. What do you think about that? I mean you're basically losing those two for game week 18. Would that still be the plan or would you like to sell Salah sure, so and that gives you more more money? I know you had a lovely chat with Ben the other night so sorry I couldn't make that um about for hit Adeen so you'll know I've spoken to Ben about that that is something I've been looking at a fair bit but also as you mentioned there uh Salah has a tougher fixture so there is the then Salah to Son move and then you know go back another direction and what I have is I have what was I saying game week 16 we're now going to game week 11 so 12 13 14 15 16 transfers that is three transfers I've mentioned there that there'll then be another two transfers before 18 so sure a couple of those might be for injuries or what have you but generally if i'm trying to move the squad and i think there's a decent squad there towards a team that works for 18 i can afford to reverse a couple of those moves or sort of you know jump on jump back off which i think is a satisfactory way to approach this but yeah absolutely you know you make a good point one of the issues there would be having to spend transfers to do that but i think i do want harland for 16 and the only other real route i think there would be losing salah Um, yeah. or you all using a lot more transfers to do it and i think both of those might be a net negative but hey i'm totally open to changing my mind and finding a better route no no and and i only ask this because it's not really a deadline dilemma on what you'll do game week 18 yeah. but what i mean is if you were going to do a sala out route then you don't need to free up as much money as you think now and that yeah, then affects your decision now that, that that's a reasonable shout so for example pedro poro to simacas would be on now um which i think you know all else being even that would probably be my preferred transfer with this team because i think pedro poro brings the least value going forward in terms of when i would use him but if i did that i then need a new route to harland which is something i can explore but you know i've only got about 12 hours and well that's <laughs> nowhere near enough time to make an fpl decision <laughs> okay so tell us so you're thinking trip your out then for for simacas i think so yes and then i would roll one transfer as well Yeah. I think having two next week is still quite nice considering yeah. obviously Arsenal and Brighton fixtures week all that kind of stuff. Obviously they, they look like nice players to invest in from then as well. Straight away when you brought up this team obviously I was looking at the same thing and thinking Poro to Simakas straight away I was like that looks like a good move. But if you're trying to fund obviously getting Haaland back then I think that's obviously what's going to kind of sway all of your moves isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean so there is 
uh, we were mentioning the models earlier. One of the routes the models liked was Poro de Simagas and Darwin to Alvarez, but that was with Ooh. default Darwin minutes. I think Darwin's minutes are much higher than default. They are very, I won't give it away, oh, yeah. but they are very low. If you up his minutes, which I will to about 105, um, you don't get Darwin to Alvarez, I wouldn't suspect. But there is a route of here, here of course, where I go, okay, I need City. But can I still survive without Haaland? You know, do I get a Julian Alvarez? Do I get a Foden? Do I go defence? So while I think, yeah, I'm sure people watching this would be like, oh God, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not the best route, but that is also an option, right? If I wanted to maintain this Salah, Son, Darwin team and not have to spend a million transfers trying to remake it, there is Alvarez available to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Alvarez will never be a bad pick, especially considering he's got obviously the double, but he's got obviously got the blank in 18 as well. But it'll be interesting to see which way you go, Seb. Um, yeah, can I just talk about Manchester United a little bit, which no. is obviously what we try no, to do no, on, no, on no, these no. streams. He's no. got Dallow in his team. I need to talk him out of it. <laughs> People are um, playing Maguire this week. <laughs> this is why we, mate, we need to mate, have the discussion. He hasn't scored a banger in over a week. He's due. <laughs> so here's the thing. Right. I mean, even the markets, even the models have gone very, very cold on Man United. I mean, quite stark, actually. And you've got, you know, Pedro right there, who's playing Chelsea, but it's a home game. Have you debated that at all on Dalo versus Poro? I will be honest and say that is probably the first time I've considered it. Uh, nah, I... I am comfy with Dallo over Pedro Porro. I'm open to being told why I'm wrong. For example, if Juan Basaka was potentially going to take some minutes off him, that would be a genuine concern. But I think, yeah, United aren't all that hot. But I think they have a better chance of defensive points than Tottenham have against Chelsea. Maybe not massively. Dallo also brings a bit of attacking threat, which Porro does as well. But again, against a much poorer defence. Yes, away from home. But I think... I think I back that decision. But my, my friend, please correct me by all means. No, no, no. I don't think Van Bissaka is... At, it is a little bit of a worry because he did come on midweek and play some minutes. But A, maybe he's not even ready for a start. And B, even if he starts, it could be him starting right back and Dalo starting left back instead of Reguilion. So it's not... I mean, you would have to be, I would say, unlucky if, if Dalo doesn't start. So it's, you know, base case, he starts. So you shouldn't look at it that way. And I don't think, I mean, he's been playing 90, 90, 90. So he just got a little rest is what I think it was. But it's just the team, man. I mean, I it, you know, maybe it's easier when you're not a fan to own a player. It's just so dire to watch the games. And you know that Fulham's getting at least two big chances in the game. If they score them, then yeah. If they don't, then well, that's fine. So, I've, I've had this said before. It doesn't go down well, Praz. All right, I'm happy. <laughs> we're, we're, not, stuff. we're not investing in the team, is what several say. So we're investing I, in the player. Yeah, I can't believe as a, as a Leeds <laughs> United fan, I am going to sort of defend Man United here. But I think, <laughs> I think this is one of those occasions where we go, yeah, Man United look awful, especially for you know Manchester United for having spent a lot of money for having a manager for a bit of time. You would expect progress, and I think, I think there was progress, and then, or maybe just because Casemiro and Rashford overperformed, but. Now there isn't, and it looks bad. And the narrative, you know, the media adore to talk about Man United mostly negatively nowadays. But from an FPL sense, uh, you know, Fernandez. I had Fernandez a couple of weeks ago. Done him to Saka. One of the transfers I was considering was Saka back to Fernandez. Three lovely fixtures. Maybe yeah. not from a Man United point of view, but if Man United lose three one to Fulham and Fernandez scores, what do I care? Likewise, you know, if Man United draw nil nil to Fulham and it's terrible and they look awful, but I get my six points for Dallo, what do I care? And I think that's where we can sort of risk overreacting might be the wrong word. But if Man United become a mid-table team, 
fine. Mid-table teams keep clean sheets. I own their defenders all the time. No problem at all. It's kind of like a relative to expectations thing here. Now, you're right. You know, I don't think this is the time to go and get triple Man United and you know, start captaining Bruno Fernandes over Salah or anything like that. But they're still going to return points. They're still a good enough team from an FPL sense. Priced well enough as well. You know, Fernandes was 12 million. This would be very, very different. But he's in the eights. I think low eights. Dallo is in the fours, the mid fours. Crystal Palace have defenders. You know, Mitchell's what? Low fours, is he? Something like that? Is he under four? Don't you say? Oh, you're going to get yeah. But I was going to say, hey, I love Palace. I've, I'm playing Palace goalkeeper <laughs> this week. But my point is, you know, if you had Mitchell or Dallow, I think that'd be an interesting conversation. And so that just goes to show that, yeah, Man United have been poor, but Dallow is still a legitimate asset for what he offers. Yeah. I mean, he does have a long range effort in him, Sheffield United. So yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe you get that. Look, I, I'm just saying, clean sheet wise. To answer your question, which you didn't ask, I would play a Crystal Palace defender over Man United one this week. Fair, no question. Fair, fair, fair. No question. Yes, it's a different conversation when it's Spurs who are playing also a good team called Chelsea. So it's not the same thing. But look, fair enough. I just wanted I to mean, bring yeah, that up Spurs because had, other people are thinking. If Spurs had anyone other than like another top six, I don't know if you can say top, Chelsea top six or not, but you know top what 12. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. If, if they had anyone other than another Premier League side... But yeah, if, you know, if Tottenham had a medium to easy fixture, I think that would be extremely easy because Pedro Porro is is just better than Dallo going forward and probably plays for a better defence. But I think the fixture is tough enough. Um, but hey, we've discussed this long enough that if anyone's in a similar situation, uh, Praz certainly doesn't think it's a foregone conclusion. And I'm not trying to argue that it is. I think I do just edge Dallo, however. No, so I look forward to Pedro Porro scoring a brace. Yeah, and Simicast. Uh Right, uh, <laughs> so let's move on to... So what I have done, be, just to give some people something to look at while we're chatting, I've got Lego Mane's hop-on, hop-off fixtures here. So if we want to reference that while we're answering some questions, we can. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. We put it on Scoutcast the other day. He's updated it for for, for now, uh, and it's absolutely brilliant. So make sure you give Lego Mane a follow. Um, Praz, you were scouring the comments yep. to, to bring up some dilemmas. Uh, Chuck us that in, please. So, and then we'll do a um, bit of a Q&A. People can chuck stuff in as well. we got about, yeah. about 10 minutes for each of those. So, uh, okay, I've got about five or six questions here. So let's start with defense. So we've talked about Gabriel, Mitchell at length, Dallo. Let's talk about Lascelles. A lot of people are looking at Lascelles as an option now that Botman is out for a little while. Mm-hmm. And is he, a, I mean, he's probably not a transfer this week, but he's some. is he somebody that you would look at, Andy? Uh, to be honest, I'm going a bit cold on Newcastle now just because their fixtures are, are quite tough moving forward and I, I don't really know what the ceiling is on a lot of these Newcastle players. I'm even looking at, looking at Gordon in my team and thinking it's it's tough moving forward until about game week 17. The problem I'm finding with Lascelles is I, unless I am working him into some kind of rotation that means I'm going to play him in game week 12 and game week 15 when he has nicer away fixtures against Bournemouth and Everton... I'm not really sure why I'd be getting him and I'd probably just get someone else and then free up a Newcastle spot. But by game week 17, when I could look at playing him, Botman's probably back then anyway. So I would want Botman yeah. over him. So I don't think I'd be going for him. I I know a lot of people have done it and obviously I've done it. I think you just go for a player that's going to be playing every game moving forward. And that's obviously someone like Charlie Taylor, even someone like Branthwaite, who's looked quite good recently, who's very, very cheap as well. I'd probably just look for that instead of Lascelles personally. Cool, cool. Coming to midfield, Seb, question to you. Um, someone's uh, FPL Cruyff is asking, play Adingra or Gordon? I mean, where are you with these cheap midfielders? You're under under 5.6 or let's say under 6 million. Any preference or they're all much of a muchness? Eze's back soon. 
Uh, <laughs> so I was set uh, under six. It, I was very yeah. careful. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I, but I had to squeeze it in somewhere. My time was running out. Um, so I that that choice you gave me there, I probably go with Ingra. Um, standard Brighton minutes caveat. Gordon better for minutes, I think. Oh, I mean, I say that I don't guys have good minutes, but the fixture is tougher, so I think I back fixture there. In terms of other cheap midfielders, I mean. I honestly haven't dipped into, you know, you've seen my midfield, right? I guess that's where a lot of my Haaland money went. I haven't really dipped into them that much, but I think the one thing I'd want, and we've got the fixtures up here, right, is I'd want that spot to be flexible for me. So whether that means it could facilitate a forward, so you're rotating a, oh gosh, I don't know what would be, you know, I've spoken about Eze, but who else would be? Uh, in another, so you've got Quang, you've word, got Calvin Gordon, you've got like Douglas yeah. Louise, you've got so Palmer, Adingra. These are the guys. So I'd, I'd want something that could facilitate the forward, you know, in a rotation or what have you, or that could move around the midfielders. So, for example, looking at, you know, fixtures here, we've mentioned that Villa have a good, well, they had a good three, then I've got a good two, another one as well in there in Bournemouth. But then I'd want to look at, okay, what picks up after that? Well, there's Chelsea. Now, for me, it's Cole Palmer. You know, you mentioned that price range. I think while right now, Cole Palmer isn't that hot. So sure, maybe you go, look, I'd love Eze Elise to actually be hey, cheaper for this conversation, but fit so you can't go there yet but those palace and the chelsea fixtures are just too perfect on the ticker there there's west ham so you're bowen again i know a bit more expensive ward prowse dropped off which i think was expected but you are either looking to try and cover those first three or four weeks before i think cole palmer becomes quite an easy pick with the caveat of it's far away so you know time for rotation stuff like that or you probably go straight cole palmer minutes penalties good price i think you go palmer and you spend your transfers elsewhere Nice. Okay, um, I'll come to you again, sir, because you own Madison. So a lot of people are thinking about, you know, can I do a Madison to someone else? Does it have to be this week or or next week? What are you thinking? I mean, let's let's forget about your defense and let's say you had no issues in defense. Yeah. What would you would that be your weakest link? You would say in your forward line, and where would you go with Madison? So I guess for me, the more prevalent thing there rather than the defense is obviously Haaland, right? So Madison doesn't really buy me much many funds to try and get a Haaland. Um, but maybe I'll try and set that aside as well. On wildcard, people were using the Madison slot to facilitate other things. So obviously midfields were including uh, Saka or Odegaard or Martinelli's and having, you know, Palmer of the make weights, your Bumos. I think that's another player I'd be looking at. I wonder if people who also have Haaland and Madison maybe don't have Mboum anymore because they've wildcarded into a team that included Haaland rather than one that included more midfielders. And again, if we look at the fixtures here, a couple of decent one, ones for Brentford then they clean up lovely. There is, of course, the blank, which you want to keep an eye on. But I think for that price, with those minutes, with penalties until Ivan Tony's back, unless he gets sold, Mbumo is a lovely, lovely pick. So I think potentially Madison to Mbumo is a transfer a lot of people would be looking at. There's the shorter term one of Diaby as well with Aston Villa. And there is Brighton, I think, and Matoma, uh, which tried another way of saying that, see if I got it right this time. There's good fixtures there still. Yes, it's a minutes concern, but I think Matoma has some of the strongest minutes in the Brighton side. Nice, nice. I, I, I agree with that. And I think, so Andy, coming to you, and it, it, it takes us nicely to the next question, which is basically, if you were picking today, obviously Boomer has a great fixture this week where you'd back him he's probably the fourth best or fifth best pick this week. But then if you look at it as a block of three fixtures, Mitoma has Everton away, Sheffield United at home and Forest away. Compared to Bumo, who has um, West Ham home, great fixture, but then Liverpool away and Arsenal at home. So if somebody was saying, look, I want to get to Bumo by 15, 14, which is Luton at home, which is the prime fixture, should they hop on to Mitoma first, 
for three weeks or just go directly to Bumo? No, I, I think I'd be I'd be hopping on to Matoma first if I could. I, I've looked at it a little bit this week because I, I was looking at kind of, do I get an Arsenal player this week? And obviously it didn't really work because they got a tough fixture. And it's Brighton that are the ones that obviously got a nice fixture this week, then Sheffield United at home. And obviously in game week 14, when you want to move to uh, Mimbumo, um, uh, Brighton have Chelsea away. But the thing is, after that, they've got Brentford at home and Burnley at home. And are you really going to be moving back to them? I mean, you could. You could move to Mbumo because then obviously they got Brighton away. But I think if you've got Mbumo, you're keeping him for those three fixtures. It's just whether you want to move off him. Now, I think that's tough personally. And I, I think if you've got someone like Bowen, you could maybe move Bowen to a, to a Matoma in game week 15. I think there are decisions to be made there. But I think that Seb is 100% right in terms of you've got to try and make sure that your picks in midfield are flexible, that you are, you know, for instance, like I'm looking at a Gordon in my team and thinking, actually, it's quite tough having a Gordon because he's that little bit cheaper that I'm not able to move up to like, say, a, a Matoma or an Mbumo quite that easily. And I'm having to make sacrifices elsewhere. Obviously, that was because of budgets as well. I'm not saying I just picked him because I wanted him that, you know, it, but... I think there are some really nice fixture swings moving up. And obviously, you've got to target teams like like Luton. And he does have that Luton fixture in game week 14. And I think you're going to be you're going to be wanting him in 14. So I think Mitoma to Mbumo does make a lot of sense. But keeping Mitoma is also viable because 15 and 16 are just absolutely gorgeous too. So, yeah, it's yeah. tough. So, I mean, just for people to keep in mind, 15, and 16, 15 is a midweek game week. Mm. So you will have three fixtures in a week. So teams like Brighton... I think for your heart, you can you can get rid and you go for, you know, in that fixture block of 14, 15, 16, and Mbumo is a perfect guy. I mean, he's the guy. You don't have to look at the team sheet. You don't have to look at the clock. And that's the, exactly the kind of guy I want for that fixture block when it's Christmas period, midweek game weeks. That's what you want. Oh, you do have to look at the clock because about 96 minutes in, that's when he scores. When he scores. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, we have a super chat, by the way, from Tariq saying, hey guys, thoughts on moving off Trippier? He has tough fixtures, but has, uh, but has Luton in game week 18. Would help fund Saka next week. So would you be moving off Trippier to fund other players? Yes. Um, I think the, the, the game week 18 point is a decent one, but that's quite a while to hold. You could, of course, go back there if you must. Other defenders also have fixtures in that week. And I don't think, I mean, Luton away, of course, there's a lovely fixture, but I don't think it's so good that, you know, that would be the reason to hold Trippier all this time. Because if, you know, you're saying maybe Fundasaka, for example, what you're almost saying is that the points Trippier will get against Luton in game week 18 will outscore the points Saka will get over Trippier until then. And I'm really not sure that will happen. I think you will be up on that move if you go Saka. And then, hey, go back to Trippier if you must have him for that week. I mean, and the fixtures around Luton, by the way, are very nice. He's got Fulham at home in 17 and Nottingham Forest in 19. So the fixtures around that Luton game are quite nice. And actually, Arsenal's fixtures get a little bit tricky again up to that fixture. So this is what we talk about a lot, isn't it? Is that kind of moving off players. This is what we are literally doing this season is just moving off good player to good player all the time. But you are having to sell those good players too. But I do agree with Seb. I think Trippier's fixtures moving forward. It's a lot of money to spend on a player that it's going to be some tough fixtures there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just a, 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 a big picture point where I think the meta at the moment is, you know, Haaland, Watkins, Salah, Sun, Saka, mm -hmm. right? I mean, people are going for these five and if you have to go for these five, it's hard to get Trippier. If you want Trippier, 
you need to decide which of these five you want to sacrifice. Obviously, Seb decided it's Holland. Uh, other people may decide it's Sun. So you could still do that, and you just have to look at it simply in that that trade-off. So I think they're doing the right thing that they want to get to Saka, and I think they should because the next few fixtures are are good. Then if if Trippier is the last in that list for me, it is for a short term. Then yes, that's the way to go. Yeah. Right. Have you got one more Praz, and then we'll we'll chuck in a few uh, questions from the chat as well. So there's one, I, I mean, I can take this one. This is the last one, actually, on, on, on the tweets, which is basically play Flecken or Ariola. I also have Bowen. So I get this question a lot because people say, look, I have Bowen. Even though I think Flecken is the better keeper, how will I watch this game? Because Bowen should score and then Flecken will not keep him out. So I think the way to think about it is expected points. I think Bowen is a good pick and you you can't change that. Flecken doesn't know that you have Bowen. And... <laughs> Flecken is expected to do better than Ariola, So you start Flecken and Bowen and just hope that something happens where you get a positive outcome rather than just two blanks. Yeah, and it can happen. It can happen, you know. But we've also seen that from Ariola as well. Ariola doesn't have to keep a clean sheet to get you kind of three, four points every now and again. So he's, that's why he's obviously done quite well this year. But um, I'd, yeah, I'd no, love I to add that. Agree. I'd love to add to that if I could as well, just because I think, I mean, Praz has put that beautifully, but I think it's such an important point with how we approach FPL that it's worth sort of repeating that you know you can see oh my striker plays my defender that's bad because if one of them gets points the other one won't but as Prayer said that they, they they are they don't know they're playing each other yes they are intrinsically linked events but that doesn't mean one happening you can pick one over the other and i think one of the best ways often of putting that is like say for example you had the best defense in the league playing the best attack so at the harland versus obviously also man city but let's call it arsenal if they were your best chance at a clean sheet, but also your best chance at a goal that week, you should play both. You'll get one of them, probably. You shouldn't sacrifice your two best chances at points just because one of them getting points excludes the other from points. Yeah. Um, obviously, that works when we're playing the way we're playing, but on a free hit, I'd say you maybe play a bit differently because obviously you maybe go for one team. But I, uh, yeah, on obviously a normal week, I think that's fine. Praz is like, no, no, not sure about that. I mean, you just increase volatility is what you do. Yeah. You don't increase expected points. No. Yeah, I mean, on, on a free hit, they both could still be the best chance of getting defensive or attacking points, but you get the freedom, I guess, because the constraint we have every week is winning up one transfer. So the value of your decision is obviously much higher, and it's unlikely to be found, you know, the best value of using that transfer is unlikely to, to be found in that competition between best defence yeah. and best attack. If you're on free hit and you have a, you know, a good sense on which one you think will come out on top, rather than making a different decision, it's more like you can just back it with more. So if you think the defence will come out on top, you can go get three of them, for example. Uh, right, let's jump into the chat and get a few questions. We've got about oh, a couple of minutes. Uh, so Chris Town says, do I do Poro to Gehi uh, with an eye to game week 13 fixtures or do I just roll? What do you think, Praz? Uh, I mean, it doesn't. it's not a sexy transfer uh, and it's not like Poro has a bad fixture this week, right? So... I mean, if you must, and if it's you know, if you have, if you have, if you can roll, I would just play Poro and 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 save. And having two free transfers will put you in a much better position. Having said that, Guehi is not a bad pick, and he rotates well. All the reasons why I went for him maybe saves you some money for a future transfer. So it it is a difficult answer to answer, you know, difficult question to answer in isolation. My answer always is save if you can. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Seb? Uh, agreed. I think Braz has put that well, so I won't add yeah. anything to it. Uh, ABCDE says, should I triple captain Haaland this week? What do you think, Seb? 
Put it to Seb. Of course you should. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should sell him for a hit. Um, I mean, he's the best captain this week. So, I mean, you, you know, what, Seb, are you triple captaining him? Oh, buddy. Um, <laughs> actually, you know what? If this was the best week to triple Captain Harland, I should be trying to get him in my team, probably, right? Yeah. So the fact that I'm not, I guess, means that I don't think the answer is yes. However, if you could only triple Captain him in a single game week for reasons... Yeah, this is right up there. So if you if you have a feeling, if you have some information that you know I'm not aware of, if you know you've planned out your season and you know the triple captain isn't going to be available to you in a double, or you don't like what City's doubles maybe could look like because you've planned that out, then yeah, this is a good candidate. But I don't think it is likely to be the best candidate. I think you will probably get a double. Now I know again, Praz will probably add some more information here, so I'll shut up in a sec. But you will probably get a double where he has uh, a not much worse worse fixture than he has this week, and then an entirely another fixture to go alongside it. Well, in twenty, you might get Luton as one of them, I think, isn't it? No, Sheffield United at home and Brentford at home. Is that but then, look, Lovely. you could argue that maybe it's, he's a minutes risk in one of the games. And, you know, you could have the opinion, like Seb said, that, that he will get maybe 120 minutes max in any other fixture. Uh, in any other game week and this is the fixture that you want to get because he's got five days rest um, in the market so basically Rob T does this spreads analysis there has been no game this season where a team has been expected to score more goals by the markets than Man City is in this game which was the Arsenal game last week when I, I saw that say, yeah. actually yeah. yeah one of the reasons why I got in Ketty I was like how can I not attack this game so it's a similar reason this week so it's not a bad decision but it goes back to the two darts theory, which I'm not going to repeat here. If you get two darts, throw two darts. And, you know, if, if the chance of one get going wrong, at least you have another dart to get it right. So I'd, I'd always recommend a double gaming. Right. Last one then uh, from Rajiv. Uh, and a lot of people have asked this is, do I start Ariola or Turner this week? Ariola and Turner are the two most owned goalkeepers in terms of a pairing. Would you start Ariola or Turner this week? Praz? I haven't even thought about it um, because I, I I basically got rid of Turner and went Stratoshka, uh, Stratosha yeah. and just said I don't want to play Turner again. I don't want to look at his face again. Who does even <laughs> Who does he play? He He's plays got Villa. Villa at home. Yeah. No, I wouldn't yeah. play him. I mean, Forrest are okay, but at least with Ariola, you know, you're getting an evidence of save points. I mean, I think he's the highest in terms of number of saves so far this season. Both are going to concede, so I don't think it's not much. It's not a big difference. Yeah. And Seb, agree? Oh, yeah. Muted again. Yeah. So I was just trying to thank you, mate. Just caught that. I was just trying to find some information to try and back up a decision there because it does feel quite close. You know, you look at fixtures, home away, better team versus slightly worse team. Praz mentioned saves there. So I was just looking at like clean sheet odds, if there was any sort of, you know, potential for bonus and stuff. I think it's close. And I think I would just edge Ariola because. Obviously, minutes, fine. Chances of clean sheets, close-ish. But I think additional stuff. So chance of bonus, chance of saves on top of that. I think just edges Ariola. Yeah, lovely stuff. Uh, right. On models, Ariola is 3.3, Turner is 3.2. So you can rest, <laughs> rest in peace. And I had to up Turner's minutes rest because Turner's on 72. But it doesn't matter because either he plays or doesn't play. Yeah. So it's very close. 
Right, chat, thank you so much for uh, being with us tonight. We, we peaked about 600, so thank you so much for joining us tonight on a Friday night. And obviously, remember the deadline is tomorrow morning, so you don't have to do anything tonight. You can always uh, rest easy and see if there's any leaks tomorrow for Man United. Uh, Seb, thank you so much for joining us on Deadline Dilemmas. Hope you enjoyed it. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> no worries. Nah. And Praz, thank you for having us. Hello, thank you. Thank you for joining. Now you both, this is your second appearance of the season already, so you're on a roll. Thank you for yeah. uh, being a part of Deadline Dilemmas. Yeah, do we get the a hat-trick ball next time? time? Yeah. Oh, buddy! Oh! <laughs> we know what we're well, doing, so. Let's see, let's see how much of uh, Curry Flapjack has going forward in the future game weeks, and then we'll see if you guys are on. Exactly. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, I hope you uh, I hope you do well this week. I hope the arrows are green. And we'll, well, we won't see you again on this next week, but Praz will certainly be here. Flapjack's in the chat as well, so drop him some kind messages. Uh, thank you so much, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Get well soon, Rich.